Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael De Silva, and I am your host for episode 30. In this episode, we will be hearing from Matthew Kane, who is a full-time Bible teacher and writer. He lives with his family in Halifax, Nova Scotia. The title of today's episode is A Theology of Rest. This is an excellent topic for so many of us. Too much rest is not good for us. However, not enough rest is equally dangerous. We trust the message today will encourage all of us to take rest more seriously. Hi everyone, and thanks so much for tuning into today's podcast. I'd like to begin by asking you a set of some simple questions. Are you sleeping to the glory of God? And do you think the Holy Spirit of God within your body even cares what time you fall into bed at night? Does God speak to this issue of our rest? Is our physical rest a spiritual issue? Well, there are a few scriptures that show us it is. We're going to key in upon the words of Psalm 127. My message today is towards a theology of rest. Towards a theology of rest. And from the outset, I want you to know that when we're talking about something as basic as your rest, it is not trivial. My words today are for your spiritual preservation. Psalm 127 opens like this. A song of ascents of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. God wants his people to enjoy sleep and rest. But many of us are not getting enough of it. Why not? Well, one of the reasons is the glorification of busyness. The glorification of busyness. Now, I know there is lots to do and lots to be busy with, and you want to succeed in life, and you want to contribute to your local church, and that's great. But there needs to be a balance, doesn't there? Our culture isn't very good at maintaining balance. Proverbs 21 warns us that the desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. That is a problem. Laziness is a problem. But then we tend to swing the other way. Maybe we're embarrassed to have nothing on our to-do list. And we end up chewing on the bread of anxious toil. And it's not very tasty. Of course, technology is supposed to make our life easier. Uh, to allow us to get more done. And there's many ways in which it does. I'm very thankful for it. But then it also makes us busier. We tend to speak of a normal work week encompassing 40 hours. That's a normal work week, 40 hours, we say. You know, way back in 1967, there was testimony given at a Senate hearing in the United States that claimed that by 1985, because of advancements in technology, Americans would only be working 22 hours a week. So they said that because of advancements in technology, the work week was going to be cut almost in half. Instead, in that time period, the average work week went up about 9%. And in the last century, average nightly sleep has decreased by over two hours. People are tired, and a lot of people are stressed out. Kevin DeYoung, in his book, 
crazy busy says busyness is like sin kill it or it will be killing you busyness kills more Christians than bullets you see when we're too busy our time with the Lord is diminished our time with our families is diminished our time for service in the local church is diminished or even if we think we're upholding those and still giving those areas of our life plenty of time what's probably happening is that the quality of the time is diminishing remember in the parable of the sower that the Lord Jesus told of the seed falling on different types of ground he spoke of it falling among thorns do you remember how he interpreted the thorns the cares of this world and the word wasn't taking root because of the thorns because of a distracted mind again Kevin DeYoung says that the seed of God's word won't grow to fruitfulness without pruning for rest quiet and calm why do we glorify busyness then well I think it's often due to pride we can be proud of our schedules proud of how many people are looking to us for something to do it becomes part of our identity it helps us to feel important but you know there's nothing cool or impressive about being too busy it is God's will that you take time to rest it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest eating the bread of anxious toil for he gives to his beloved sleep are you sleeping to the glory of God now remember God established the principle of rest way back at the beginning of human history in Genesis chapter 2 God finished his work and he rested on the seventh day and made it holy the Lord Jesus taught us in Mark chapter 2 when uh, the disciples were plucking heads of grain and the Pharisees said hey they're not doing what's lawful on the Sabbath and the Lord said well remember he said the Sabbath was made for man not man for Sabbath this wasn't just some empty ritual that God then needed to fill so he created humans to complete this ritual no this was this was something that was necessary and helpful for men and women whom he created so God established the principle of Sabbath rest it's not that God was overworked by his creation uh, it was a rest of satisfaction for God not not a fatigue but you and I do suffer fatigue and so from the outset God was teaching us setting a pattern remember this was before the fall this was before sin entered in God is teaching us that we need to rest so God has established a, a pattern and a cycle in the seasons and a pattern and a cycle in a seven-day week and in a 24-hour day there is a time of wakefulness and a time of rest I'm not saying by the way that we are under Sabbath law because we're not uh, of those Ten Commandments in the law of Moses remember that this one about keeping the Sabbath is not repeated in the New Testament uh, Genesis 2 though is before the law of Moses we're not under Sabbath law we're not under the law of Moses but God is teaching us an important principle by resting on that seventh day he's not saying that we need to rest every Saturday the scripture doesn't present Sunday as a Christian Sabbath but what God is teaching us is that there needs to be a cycle of rest 
work and then rest. He's teaching us we need rest and sleep. We were made to rest and sleep. Remember Psalm 127? He says, it is vain to rise up early and go late to rest and eat the bread of anxious toil. He gives his beloved sleep. And God has given you a mind, a, a brain to use for his glory. We are to love God with all of our mind. How many hours of sleep do we need for maximum cognitive function, for our mind to really be given entirely to God? Well, the average adult needs seven to nine hours. Average teenager, nine and a quarter hours, they say, or eight to ten hours. Average adult, seven to nine hours. By the way, there's a, there's a massive percentage of the population, I understand, that thinks they only need six hours. Some people do. Most people need seven or more. Uh, they're not getting it. They think they only need six, but they're wrong. Their, their brains aren't wired right because they're not getting enough sleep, haven't calculated it right. God designed us to spend approximately one-third of our life sleeping. We were made that way. Sleep is a gift from God to enjoy. Are you resting to the glory of God? Now, there might still be somebody who's a bit unconvinced and wondering, is there even such a thing as a theology of rest? Well, sure there is. I mean, first of all, we all need to learn to rest in Christ. Remember those precious, beautiful words of Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, the Lord Jesus says. I will give you rest. Rest for our souls. We may think that our works are important and impressive to God, but there is one work that is supreme. We are not saved by our works. We are saved through faith in Christ because of his one chief and supreme and finished work. There's no rest for our souls apart from resting in Christ who did the work for us on the cross. Remember Augustine's words. He said, God has made us for himself and our hearts are restless until we find our rest in him. So a theology of rest starts there, finding rest for our souls in Christ. That's where the theology of rest begins. It, it begins with Christ. So then I think our Lord's words to his disciples in Mark 6 are also really important for a theology of rest. That's when the apostles come back to Jesus and they're telling him about all the wonderful things they had done and all that they had taught. And it sounds good so far because we can be pretty good at doing and working. And the Lord says to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. Do you know why? Because spiritual strength for continued service is tied to having times of rest for your body and your mind and your spirit. We are whole united beings Think about that text at the end of 1 Thessalonians 5. I love this scripture. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body, we tend to reverse that. We talk about body, soul, and spirit in our common parlance, but he says, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to sanctify you completely. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. 
We are united beings. What we experience in one part of our being affects the rest of our being. Proverbs 17, a joyful heart does good like a medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And similarly, if we're not getting proper sleep, it impacts us physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. D.A. Carson says we are whole, complicated beings. Our physical existence is tied up to our spiritual well-being, to our mental outlook, to our relationships with others, including our relationship with God. Sometimes, I want you to get this, sometimes the godliest thing you can do in the universe is get a good night's sleep. In the normal course of things, Spiritual discipline obligates you to get the sleep your body needs, end quote. You see, insufficient sleep for our body's impacts our mental, our physical, and our spiritual health. Insufficient sleep is going to impact your mood, the development of your character, how you relate with people. And the way we relate with people has a big impact on our spiritual growth. Again, if I could cite Kevin DeYoung once more from that book, Crazy Busy, he says, when we are crazy busy, we put our souls at risk. We put our souls at risk, and few of us are as safe as we think. Are you putting your soul at risk? There is a theology of rest. This is why we're devoting a Christian podcast to something as basic and practical as rest, because resting is spiritual, and spiritual preservation includes rest for my body. There's consequences to a lack of rest. It impacts our physical health, and we are stewards of our body. Now, interestingly, uh, there's also bad health consequences to sleeping too much. So don't skip out on your local church and sleep in and say, Matthew told you to sleep in. That's not what I'm saying. But it it does impact our physical health if we don't get enough rest. Digestive system, diabetes, other issues, heart issues. It affects our mental health, anxiety, irritability, problems coping with stress, depression. And a vicious cycle is created because it's, it's hard to sleep if you're anxious and stressed. Well, that's going to lead to more stress and anxiety at times. It's a cycle. And a lack of rest affects how we think. So it's affecting our perspective on other people. Affects our perspective on the local church. You see, our thought life is very important to our Christian faith. Think of of the letter to the Philippians where there were interpersonal issues in that church. The words of Philippians 4, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think on these things but sometimes coupled with a lack of rest uh, comes in a bit of negativity and we start to focus on the problems and the problems in people. Again, Donald Carson says, if you keep burning the candle at both ends, sooner or later you will indulge in more and more cynicism. And the line between cynicism and doubt is a very thin one. If you are among those who become nasty or cynical or even full of doubt when you are missing your sleep, you are morally obligated to get the sleep you need. End quote. One of the things we conclude from that is that sleep deprivation can ultimately contribute to spiritual doubts. The issue of bodily rest is a spiritual subject. 
I have some personal experience with some periods of, well, not only spiritual discouragement, but some brief bouts of depression as well. And reflecting on that, I can often identify some contributing factors. Probably taken on a bit too much on my plate, and coupled with that is periods of insufficient sleep. And again, they feed off one another. They contribute to one another. You've got a lot to do, and you, you stay up too late. Um, but then, because you stay up too late, you're, you're not thinking properly. Your work isn't as efficient. But sometimes coupled in with that stress and lack of rest is that negative, cynical pessimism that follows the fatigue. It can lead to a spiritual discouragement or worse. Now, when a little spiritual discouragement sets in, my fruitfulness for the Lord tends to be hindered. And we can start to think things like, well, there's no point in serving the Lord. There's no point in being with the church. There's no point in even being a part of it. Uh, I'm not saying that discouragement or depression are sin. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that sometimes the contributing factors to my own mental health are well within my control. It's related to what I commit to, related to how much sleep I get. So my availability for the Lord, my availability for my family, and my availability for the local church, all of that is going to be affected by my spiritual health, and that's going to be affected by my lack of sleep. We pay for skipping rest. And even if there are legitimate times when we must sacrifice some sleep, as there are bound to be at some times in life, that makes it all the more important that we do get it when we can so that our bodies can better handle those times that we need to sacrifice and miss out on some. But in the long run, you can't steal time. You can't steal time. You pay for it one way or another. God wants us to use some of our time to rest. He wants us to. Have you ever wondered about that, though? Why, why did God make us to require rest? He could have made us otherwise. Why has he designed us to spend about a third of our life resting. I mean, think of the difference we could make in the world if, if we didn't have to rest. We could be so much more productive, laying up even more treasures in heaven. Why, why does God want us to rest? Psalm 127 gives us a big clue. It said, It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. I think it's anxious toil because I'm working and working and staying up late and getting up early and working and working like it all depends on me. I'm the one that's going to make it happen. They, they really need me. In fact, I don't even know if the, if the world will keep on spinning without me. It's my anxious toil. You see, going to bed is an expression of trust in God. Going to bed is an expression of trust in God. To rest when I could be working is to trust God. It's to tell Him I need Him. I need Him to keep the world spinning. And I need Him to keep working and to do the work that I can't really do. Psalm 121, I think, is relevant here. The first four verses, a song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. 
Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God doesn't need sleep. But when I go to sleep, I'm trusting God to keep the world spinning, to do the work that I cannot do anyway. Sleep is really a daily reminder that we are not God. John Piper says, Once a day, God sends us to bed like patients with a sickness. The sickness is a chronic tendency to think we are in control and that our work is indispensable. To cure us of this disease, God's, God turns us into helpless sacks of sand once a day. Sleep is a parable that God is God and we are mere men. God handles the world quite nicely while a hemisphere sleeps. God wants to be trusted as the great worker who never tires and never sleeps. He is not nearly so impressed with our late nights and early mornings as he is with the peaceful trust that casts all anxieties on him and sleeps. End quote. God made us to rest as part of his plan to teach us to trust him. You know, it seems to me that there are two main reasons that Israel was kicked out of their land and sent into exile because of idolatry and because they didn't keep Sabbath. God wanted them to take a day without work, a day wasn't focused on money and, and just rest with him. Even the land, remember, even the land needed Sabbath rest every seven years. They were not to plant anything in that block of land. Now, that would require faith to not plant something and, and to believe that in the long run that was actually going to be more productive for your crops You'd think you want to keep planting as much as you can if, you're, if you want more crops, but God is telling them it will be better if you let it rest. That was a, an act of faith, a test of faith. They failed that test. They had been ignoring the Sabbath rest in their lives and for their land for 490 years. And you divide 490 by 7 and you get 70 and their captivity was 70 years. They missed the Sabbaths, they missed those rests, they paid for the lack of rest. Rest is a spiritual issue. There is a theology of rest. Now, I want you to know that uh, I know in my heart, in my own life, that getting more sleep isn't always easy. I am speaking to my own heart right now too, very much. Everything I am saying about the need for rest in our lives and the need to install some margin in your life schedule, I am preaching this to myself today because I need regular reminders of this too. But we can take action to help us get the rest that God wants us to. I mean, you can stop and make a list perhaps of, uh, well, there's another list for you. You can make a list of what's hindering your sleep. You say, I've got a lot to do. Maybe you have too many things to do. Maybe you need to let some things go. Maybe you need to delegate. Maybe we're becoming victims to the glorification of busyness and its pride. Maybe we're allowing things to distract us too much, often technology that, that makes our lives too busy. I mean, that's one very practical issue for many of us. Nighttime mobile phone usage can be a hindrance to sleep. For the sake of your better sleep, for another way to love God with all your mind, think about how you can get better rest. Because the issue of your rest is a spiritual issue. Rest is a gift. Come to me, the Lord Jesus said, 
and find rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Find rest for your souls. The Lord Jesus wants you to rest in him and with him and for him. He wants you to rest in him and with him and physically rest for him. You can sleep to the glory of God. Of course, resting at the feet of Jesus is also needful and precious. I wouldn't make it a rule for you, but I think morning times with the Lord do have some advantages. Of course, the thing is, if you're going to get up in the morning to enjoy some time with the Lord before your mind gets hijacked and distracted, well, then you've got to go to bed the night before because it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest. Remember, he gives to his beloved sleep. Rest is a gift from God. And just as you took the gift of salvation and rested your soul in Christ, don't neglect this gift of rest for your body and your mind and your spiritual blessing.